Our guest this week on Personally Speaking is the county executive of Nassau County, Bruce Blakeman, one of the biggest counties in the country. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Losanti, and Bruce Blakeman joins me now. On November 2nd, 2021, Bruce was elected Nassau County Executive. He's a former Hempstead Town Councilman, presiding officer of the legislature, commissioner of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, and he's considered the major Republican leader in New York State. Politics is also in Bruce's family. His father, Robert, was a state assemblyman, and his brother, Brad, was on George W. Bush's White House staff. Bruce is married to Seagal Blakeman and is the father of his son, Arlen, and stepfather to Ariel and Avi. When Bruce was elected Nassau County Executive, he said two things were at the top of his agenda, fighting crime and lowering taxes. We're going to talk to him about his first year in office, about the issues and values that matter the most to him, about his spiritual background. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. We're here with Bruce Blakeman, County Executive of Nassau County, and for our friends on SiriusXM and people on YouTube, to give some idea of Nassau County. It's a suburb of New York City, but it's huge, so much so that while we have one County Executive, Bruce Blakeman, we are represented in Nass- by Nassau County in- by three members of Congress. That's how big and uh, overwhelming in some ways it is, and Bruce is making sense of the whole thing. Bruce, I want to start by actually not going with your present success as County Executive, but you're one of these guys who for many years has been in public life and sometimes you've run and you've been victorious and sometimes you've run and you haven't been. I'm wondering uh, what kind of person it takes to be able to handle defeat and still come back. Because I'm thinking to myself, if I ran for office and didn't win, I think I'd go with Ed Koch's point of view. Remember, they used to say to him after he left the mayor's office, you're going to run again and say, no, you rejected me and now you must be punished. But you <laughs> you, you didn't. You, you've come back time and time again. How do you handle not the victories like the one you had for county executive, but when it doesn't go your way, how do you handle that? Well, I subscribe to Theodore Roosevelt's dissertation where he spoke about the man in the arena and mm. the fact that you have to be in the arena uh, if you really want to experience what the battle's all about. And the battle for me is always good government and serving the people. And the fact that I was unsuccessful while personally dis- being disappointed, I never looked back at it as something that was negative. And also, I realized, too, that, that in life, there are things that are out of your control. It's called timing mm-hmm. and also uh, what might be in God's plan and that you can't be bitter and you can't say that just because I've been unsuccessful at this venture, that I'll be unsuccessful in any future ventures. So. Yeah. I have a strong belief in God. I don't think God puts you in a position where God chooses whether you win or lose. I think God gives you the strength, and it's what you do with the strength, and sometimes it's out of your control. So I think basically um, I have been relentless in my pursuit of happiness, and happiness for me is being involved in important issues and important matters and serving people and trying to make a difference at the short time 
that I'm physically on this earth. Okay. Bruce Blakeman, County Executive of Nassau County is our guest. Bruce, you know, uh, maybe it's because you're Republican. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, just because of your points of view. But uh, folks in the media, not all of them, but many of them, especially I'm thinking of a large operation like the newspaper Newsday, can be so, uh, I think, unfairly critical of you. And if it comes from you, they are suspicious of it. What do you do with criticism when you know it's unfair, unjust? How do you let it roll off your back if you do, or do you take it to heart? Well, when I was younger, I took it to heart. But now mm. uh, with uh, with the gray hair comes some wisdom. <laughs> and basically, uh, you make your best case. And if they don't agree with you, um, while it can be very frustrating sometimes because you think that the facts are in your favor, that you not become negative or bitter. And you basically say, OK, that's your opinion. And we can agree to disagree. Um, 15, 20 years ago, I might've been a little more combative. Mm -hmm. But age has kind of mellowed you that way. Well, related to being in public life again, uh, for those who don't know, Bruce Blakeman has many, many possibilities in his life. He's talented, gifted guy in many ways. Uh, you, you don't need the job. So why embrace this hardworking, uh, sometimes almost impossible to do job, uh, trying to make the lives of people better? Why, why not take it easy, Bruce? Well, first of all, I don't know how to take it easy. Uh, I have uh, a, a very, very strong work ethic that my parents instilled mm. in me. So um, I, I like working uh, and I work very hard. But to me, it's a labor of love. It's not something that I find um, overly burdensome or, or tedious. Mm. I, I enjoy it. Uh, again, I, I get to do a good deed every day. So, yeah. you know, that's a wonderful position to be in where you can actually help people and change the course of their lives. So it gives me a lot of personal satisfaction. So as far as I'm concerned, um, I, I'll work as long as I can. But also, I think you also have to know when it's time to hang it up. And, mm. I, you know, when I get to that point, uh, I'm, I don't want to be one of these people that hangs around too long. Yeah. Uh, as long as I have the fire in my belly and I, I have the physical ability and the mental ability uh, to do my job, I want to do it. But if I feel that I'm not giving 100 percent, I think I have the wisdom to be able to say, OK, you did your job. It's time to move on. So I think some people stay a little too long and they don't realize that. There's another life out there. There's another world and there's other things to do. And if you don't have the fire and the passion, then, then you shouldn't do it. Bruce Blakeman's our guest. Bruce, before the election, you had come by uh, our parish, Our Lady of Lourdes in Massapequa Park. And I remember talking to you after mass and you saying that uh, you're going to win this. Now, two weeks out from the election, whatever it was, uh, most people weren't betting that you were going to win, but you believed that uh, you were going to be victorious. I'm just wondering, does, does a candidate actually know, or was that good guesswork? Uh, a, candidate, a candidate has a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been in situations where I thought I'd win, and I lost. I've been in situations where um, I knew I was going to lose. I've been in situations where I knew I was going to win. Mm -hmm. In this circumstance, I knew I was going to win. Why? Because I felt that I was on the right side of the issues. And although Laura Curran is a nice person and I consider her a friend, I thought she and her party were on the wrong side of the issues. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, we did some research, uh, some polling, and we found out that while people like Laura Kern as a person, they disagreed with her policies and the policies of her party. Mm. And I thought people were very passionate that they did not want the status quo. So I would say I was more confident in this race than probably almost any other race that I'd ever been in. So I actually did feel I was going to win. Okay. Now, um, you know, it's interesting when Bruce Blakeman came to uh, meet our people at the parish, uh, he attended our mass. And I mentioned that, Bruce, because in the last election cycle, we had uh, Congressman George Santos come to mass. And one of the fellows behind him, a battalion chief in the fire department, said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to vote for that uh, guy that was a mass today because he knew the answers to all the prayers and he knew when to stand and kneel and sit. He's obviously a practicing Catholic. That last guy you brought in last year, he didn't know the thing so well. I said, the last man who came in was Jewish. You can't expect Bruce to know all the answers. But I got to ask you something. You, you've you been very uh, vocal about Congressman Santos, who is our congressman here on Long Island. But it's interesting. I, I like some of what you said and that you've gone with other members of the party and saying he should resign. But you also regularly talk about compassion, that he could use help and guidance and forgiveness and new opportunities and giving people a chance. Uh, that's unusual, Bruce. Most politicians are pretty black and white about this. They don't like him. They want him out. End of story. You have a, a loud comment to be made by you that indicates a, a sense of uh, uh, compassion for the guy. I'm intrigued by how come. Well, I feel sad for him because he is a human being. Mm. And I don't think that he's a bad person. I think that he has an issue. He has a problem that's very profound and that he needs professional help. He's not normal. He's built his whole life on a, a pile of lies and he's been completely untruthful to everybody. And to some extent, I think he might even be delusional. He might even believe some of the lies that he's told and his behavior is clearly not normal. So I think that George Santos needs to get help. I, need, I think he needs to rehabilitate himself. And the first step in doing that, he needs some tough love. People around him need to tell him, George, you need to resign. What you did was dishonest. And the first step towards rehabilitation is recognizing that you can no longer represent the people of the third congressional district because nobody can trust you. So you have to rebuild that trust. Resign, do the right thing, get some professional help. You're a young man, and then you can rehabilitate yourself, whether it be through charity work, whether it be building a an honest resume and biography rather than a phony one. And I think that, you know, in time, Americans are, are very, very forgiving. And if you did do, do those things, I think people would forgive you and they would give you a second chance. But every day that you're in Congress, you are perpetuating the lie on which you were elected. And I think that that is something that you must address and 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 seek professional help and try to rehabilitate yourself. Let's talk for a minute about honesty and as particularly in politics. Uh, we had before you today, Joe Concha, who's on Fox News on. And my question for him, because he's written a book about President Biden was, does he have any core values that that remain true? And I was pointing out at one time he supported a human life amendment to the Constitution to end abortion. Now he's for the nine-month right and having the taxpayers pay for it. And that's just one of many issues where he seems to have gone 180. Um, 
is it hard in political life to remain true to the principles that you you hold dear? Well, I think it's very important to hold true to the principles that, you know, that are your core foundation. When you talk about abortion, for instance, um, my mother was an orphan. So um, personally, uh, I am against abortion, but I have consistently said that, you know, for a certain period of time, I would be willing to say that it's a woman's right to choose but I think now we've gone way past that to a circumstance where now we're legalizing murder. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that the conversation has become so ugly as to people who would support uh, abortion on demand at any stage of the pregnancy when the fetus is viable is, uh, as Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan said, a Democrat infanticide. And when people uh, talk to me about that they think a woman is entitled to abort at you know a moment before birth. I can't even reason with people like that because I cannot understand how they would come to that conclusion when we know that the fetus is viable, uh, you know, at, at various stages, and basically you are making a personal choice to terminate a life. So it's it's a complicated issue, but. I think the one thing that everybody should agree upon is that once the fetus becomes viable, that that's the end of the conversation. But the, but they don't, as you know. Bruce Blakeman's our guest. Uh, recently in the uh, new House of Representatives, there was a resolution that uh, if a baby survives an abortion, the doctor should do everything he can to save it. It's gotten out of the mother and it's now alive. And it was just so troubling to see that uh, all the Republicans voted for that resolution and one Democrat from Texas but I, I couldn't imagine how, uh, especially my in terms of my own co-religionists, that 68 Democratic Catholics could say, no, if it gets out of the womb, it survives an abortion, you should let it die. And I, or it just blows my mind, Bruce. We are at a crazy point on this issue. I understand people want access, especially early on, and I'm not sure that that will ever not be available. But the idea that we could uh, destroy or allow a child to die, even after it's been born, is is, as you say, uh, a frightening, frightening reality. Okay, let's talk about family life a little bit. Um, we talked before the show came on, uh, you and I, about our old friend, Congressman Ray McGrath. And he has said to me what many other people have said in public life, that uh, maybe Ed Koch had it right and that he was single throughout his time in public life, that to have a public career and at the same time try to be present to a family is a very tough thing. How do you juggle family life and at the same time be available to your people as the public servant that you are? Well, I think you have to set rules and boundaries. Mm. And and my number one rule was that I was never going to not be at any parent-teacher conference, uh. that when my son played in athletic events, that I would be at those athletic events, yeah, yeah. that if there was something that was important, a health decision that had to be made with a doctor, that I would be present for that. And everything else was secondary to those considerations. And also that with my wife, I would make an effort to spend time with her and do things that she wants to do that weren't political. But I, I think you can balance that. It is difficult. It's, it's very difficult because the demands of public life are many. But mm -hmm. I think you have to have some balance. I think it's good for the individual to have a family life and to be able to balance that family life with their public life. And uh, you also have to have a very, very understanding spouse. 
My, my wife is very understanding what I'm doing. She understands that I'm trying to help people uh, spiritually. We are very compatible. And uh, I think that she gives me a lot of independence. And also my wife is a very smart, intelligent, independent woman. She's an attorney. And um, she's got her own pursuits and her own interests. And we support each other in those. So I think that's important. But you, you have to put your family first. And if you don't put your family first, I don't think you're, you're being you know, true to yourself. Yeah. Bruce Blakeman's our guest. As I mentioned earlier, he's the county executive of Nassau County, a suburb of New York City, a, a huge population. Uh, I mentioned this in terms of uh, the population and about the job, I guess because I'm concerned about uh, bringing people together, Bruce. And I want to say that I'm old enough, and I, you are too, that we would have remembered a time when a guy like Ronald Reagan would take 49 states in one election and uh, be able to bring the country together, even though people were from different parties we're now at this point where it always seems around America we're at 50-50, uh, and that's why elections are so often close. First of all, how did we get there, and how do we find our way back to being a more uh, a country with the possibility of us actually agreeing with each other and working together? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is not make it personal, mm-hmm. uh, not name call. Uh, I think that you have to debate the important issues and have that debate. In, in a spirit that you're trying to put forth something that is for the common good. So if you get too hung up on a position without seeing the other side's position, I think you're never going to come to an accommodation. There are times, obviously, where you have to put your foot down and say that as a matter of principle, I, I can't do this. But I think in most circumstances, the goal should be to try and find some common ground, uh, a compromise, which has become a dirty word. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, in both parties, but more so, I think, in the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party right now is being controlled by a very small group, but a very vocal group that is so far to the left. They they're socialists and some some extent they they could be communists. Um, They uh, they're anti-religion. They're anti-capitalism. They talk about freedom. They only talk about freedom when it's freedom for something they're interested in. Otherwise, they want to uh, curtail our freedoms. And I think that that progressive wing of the party, of the Democratic Party, um, has been running their party for too long. I have a lot of common sense Democrats who are fed up. And I think that's why they're starting to lose elections in areas that they probably should have won because they've become too extreme. Uh, When we see what's going on in Albany and Washington, D.C., uh, like you said, uh, uh, just on the vote of, of on abortion that, you know, there are actually people that think that if if the baby comes to full term and uh, they would just let the baby die without any treatment, without any help is, is so ugly and, and so repulsive that uh, I can't imagine such an extreme position. So I think we need to come to the to the middle more. I mean, I'm a little right of center. Most people are somewhere in the center. They may be a little left of center. They might be in right in between. They might be a right. little right of center like I am. Uh, but most people are in the middle, and I think that's where we need to govern from and not the fringes. Bruce Blakeman is our guest, county executive of Nassau County. Bruce, um, you are the first Nassau County executive, I believe, of the Jewish faith. Could you tell me, growing up, uh, was Judaism something for you that was uh, cultural, 
historical, traditional, religious? What kind of Jewish faith were you raised with? Well, my Jewish faith was very much what would probably align with the reform wing okay. of, uh, of, the, uh, of the Jewish religion. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten more religious. I've become more spiritual. I pray every day now. Um, I'm, I'm not orthodox, but as one of my rabbis say, you're almost orthodox. <laughs> but uh, I think that faith is very important. I think that um, religion has a role in society that's very important. I was very, very disturbed that during the coronavirus epidemic, that people could go shop in Costco, but they couldn't attend their church or synagogue. Yeah. I think it's very important. This, this country was founded on religious freedom. And quite frankly, I think there are those on the far left of the political spectrum that would like to eliminate religion. They would like government to take the place of religion. And I find that very troubling because I am someone of faith. I, I, I do believe in God. As Ed Koch said, when someone asked him, he said, uh, well, you're Jewish. What do you think the difference between being Jewish and Christian is? He says, well, when the Messiah comes, I'm going to ask him, is this your first visit or your second visit? <laughs> oh, God. So uh, <laughs> right, I, I right. think that basically religious religion is a very personal thing. Yeah. And I think that people should be given the opportunity to practice their religion without government interference. And I, I believe very deeply in God and I'm a very spiritual person. And I pray every day and I try to be a better person. And I think having religious religion in my life makes me a better person. And I think as I've grown older, I've become more spiritual and more religious mm -hmm. because I think it comes with wisdom. And the, the interesting thing is I was at a table at a dinner party the other night. And of course, I had, you know, your typical atheist who would tell me, you know, show me the evidence that there's God. I said, well, it's all around you. Yeah. So the one thing that the atheist can't answer is where's the beginning? Mm -hmm. You know, they talk about the big bang theory and everything else. Where's the beginning? Yeah. And I think people have a right not to believe in God, but I find it illogical that there isn't a God because obviously when you look around you and you see this beautiful world that was created, only, only God could have created that yeah. in my opinion. Bruce, uh, you know, you mentioned several times just in this interview about being conscious of the fact that we're one thing when we're younger, we're one thing when we're older. Um, aging, does aging bother, trouble, or challenge you at all? Well, when I look in the mirror, I don't necessarily uh, like what I see compared to 30 years ago because okay. uh, we all get older. But right. uh, I, I think that there is a grace in getting older, mm -hmm. and I think I've become a more graceful person because of my age and because of some of the wisdom that I've been able to get from people far smarter than me. So to that extent, um, I, because I believe in God, I don't have a fear of death that's very strong. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we all fear the unknown. And I'm, I'm sure if I was facing death, I might feel a little differently because it is, you know, the unknown. But I think that my faith in God makes me less worried about about dying because if you have faith and you believe that this isn't the whole uh the whole movie here mm -hmm. on earth that uh that it gives me comfort so I'm, I'm much more comfortable with my age uh than than i probably would have been if i didn't believe in in god 
Bruce Blakeman is our guest, County Executive of Nassau County. Bruce, I promise I'll, I'll wrap it up soon, but I wanted to ask you, the. Uh, we found out recently, it's been shared by Catholic churches throughout the country, that as a result of the Dobbs decision, there's a lot of anger toward pro-lifers, and particularly uh, the Catholic Church for leading the charge for so many years. So we, so far in the past year, have had over 200 churches attacked or vandalized or firebombed, um, and it's, it's mind-blowing to us that this is happening. But I mention that because... Uh, my Jewish brothers and sisters have been facing a lot of this kind of garbage for a long time. There's certainly a rise in anti-Semitism. There's a rise in attacks on synagogues and temples. Um, first of all, as a, as a man who is Jewish, uh, why is there an increase in anti-Semitism? And why would anyone want to attack an institution that exists to bring people closer to God and to serve the, the, the public by acts of generosity, which is what most of all religions are about? Well, I think it's anti-American. I, I basically mm. think that uh, an attack on any religious institution is anti-American. Uh, as mm. we just saw the other day in Pakistan, uh, yes. a, a mosque was blown up and 57 innocent people were killed. Uh, so my goal here in Nassau County is to make this a safe place to live, although it's getting much harder to do because of laws in Albany that, that make us less safe. But the the protection of a church or a mosque or a synagogue is of paramount concern because this country was founded on religious freedom. There would be no America if it wasn't for the initial cause of yeah. religious freedom. Yeah. So uh, I think that, that my role is to make sure that people do have the ability to practice their religion as they want to, so long as they don't harm others. And if there is an attack on the Catholic church, it's an attack on religion. If there's an mm. attack on a mosque, it's an attack on religion. If there's an attack on a synagogue, it's an attack on religion. And all of us that believe in God, when there's an attack on one faith, it's an attack on all of us that believe in God. So uh, we should be very vigilant and very harsh in our punishment for those who would do things like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm kind of sad that Attorney General Garland has uh, unfortunately not, uh, well, he's gone after people who... Uh, protests at abortion clinics, as he should, if they break the law, but has not been making any arrests in terms of people who bombed our churches or vandalized, and uh, we're hoping for more from the Biden administration. I, I want to thank Bruce Blakeman. I've known Bruce for many, many years, uh, a talented man, bright man, and it's interesting, Bruce, as we talk about aging, because we've both gotten there, that uh, I think you have more insight, more wisdom, more tolerance, more understanding now than perhaps at any time in your life before. I think you, you have the grace of wisdom of aging, and uh, which makes you a great leader for our people. I want to thank you for being with us and, and wish you all the luck in the world in leading not just the people of Nassau County, but in, in leading the, the political class to understand that the values and morals and, uh, and consistency of purpose are good and wonderful things. And I'm so glad that your parents raised you with the work ethic they did. We all benefit from that. Bruce, thank you so much for being on Personally Speaking. Hey. And thank you, Monsignor. And I just want to say that I value our relationship very much. I value your wisdom and your insight. And I also enjoy your wonderful sense of humor. Uh, thank you, Bruce. And we've shared that a few times. Thanks to Bruce Blake for being with us. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to contact me, you can reach me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. Any shows you want to see or watch, you can go to YouTube. And search on the Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Watch the shows and please hit like and subscribe. 
We're also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.